The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello, welcome to the Provoke Podcast. I'm Diana Marzalek with Provoke Media. Our guest today is Leah Chandler. Um, Leah is CMO of Discover Puerto Rico, which is the island's traveling marketing agency. Was that correct, Leah, or destination marketing agency? Exactly. Destination marketing organization. Organization. Okay. Yeah. So you've been very busy there. Um, you have been, you, you, you've been on board there for how long? Four years next week. Okay. So you came at sort of the height of Puerto Rico's challenges or the start of Puerto Rico's challenges. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, Okay, so give us a little story. <laughs> we don't have to dwell too much on your past, but um, I know in the, in, in the four years, sort of what have you seen in terms of the challenges and then we can go from there about where we're at today. Sure, sure. We definitely came in at an interesting time. Our destination marketing organization, Discover Puerto Rico, was actually founded in 2017. Bipartisan legislation was created, um, was passed to create the first ever um, privatized destination marketing organization for the island. It previously had been under government, and this was an opportunity to, to really set Puerto Rico's tourism uh, future in, on a new path. And so uh, the DMO opened its doors July 1st of 2018. And that was, of course, following two devastating hurricanes in the fall of 2017. So as, as we kicked things off um, in the spring of 2018, I was the second employee hired there at Discover Puerto Rico. We're now upwards of 60 full-time staff uh, wow. at, the, uh, at the DMO. You know, our, one of our first charges was really to get prepared for the one year anniversary of Hurricane Maria, knowing that, you know, there would be a, a lot of negative coverage, as there often is in these uh, anniversary moments. So we we spent a good part of, of 2018 uh, preparing for that and also kind of setting the path forward for what the DMO would would accomplish um, in the coming years and, and really establishing a baseline for the organization. Uh, of course, 2019 saw some challenges with uh, political unrest on the island. And at the beginning of 2020, we rolled right into earthquakes in January um, that impacted pretty significantly the uh, the southwest part of Puerto Rico. And then, of course, you know, the, the global pandemic took hold in March of that year. So it certainly has been a, uh, an, an interesting four years. Never boring, um, but it's given us a lot of opportunity to continue to, to pivot, to learn from uh, the, the challenges that we faced and, and reflect on how those learnings can be applied moving forward. So I think our past adversity really has allowed us to be more agile and really fine-tune tools that have aided in recovery after recovery, we've been able to mobilize at the DMO like never before. And now we're seeing Puerto Rico's tourism economy flourish like never before. Uh, so we're, we're in unprecedented times in a, in a good sense <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> well, I appreciate the good part of the story. Um, I mean, could you have ever imagined, I mean, just hit after one thing after another, especially for a tourist destination. I mean, um, did the travel yeah, industry, it, it, did, did Puerto Rico ever imagine, kind of, could you ever see this coming? 
I don't think our industry did see it coming. And, you know, as we started our journey, uh, when the DMO opened, <clears throat> excuse me, we realized that there really had not been a, a crisis playbook in, um, in existence. There really was not a plan in case of certain um, adversities that the island might face. So no, I, I don't think we saw it coming. Uh, we're today much better prepared. Uh, our past adversity certainly has taught us that preparation is key. And even throughout uh, COVID-19, we've seen those fluctuations. Um, we, we understand that, you know, in order to, uh, to rise above those challenges, we have to be prepared. We have to be able to mobilize not only our team, but our local industry as well. And I think we, we've done that very, very well, but certainly was, uh, was not something that in, in 2018 we could have foresaw. Right. And what was the biggest challenge? I mean, I imagine that you were looking at everything from supporting, you know, local businesses, you know, down to the merchants to letting people know that, you know, Puerto Rico is indeed a good place to go to. Um, so I imagine that there was the whole gamut of things that you had to address in these last few years. Exactly. I think that is really the key is the balance of, you know, maintaining um, a tourism and, and making sure that people understand they can still come to the island, but ensuring that they do that safely so that we're not only safeguarding them as the, you know, the travelers coming to Puerto Rico, but also the people who live on the island. The, the residents are such a key part of um, what makes visiting Puerto Rico so amazing. And so we wanted to make sure, um, pandemic, of course, most recently, that we were balancing the health and safety, not only of the people who we were inviting to come to Puerto Rico responsibly, but that we were also safeguarding those people who, who live on the island. And how big is the industry? I mean, what percent of the economy or how can we quantify how big the industry is there? Well, Puerto Rico today, uh, tourism accounts for about seven to seven and a half percent of the island's GDP, which is somewhat small for uh, an, an island like Puerto Rico that has so much to offer. But that's, you know, what was somewhat behind uh, the genesis of the DMO was establishing a not-for-profit entity that would not change despite, you know, government administration changes, uh, changes in the governor, changes in the, the uh tourism level from a, a government standpoint. And so we were able to establish a positioning for the brand that we think has incredible longevity. And regardless of, of changes, regardless of um, evolutions uh, within the local industry or the government environment, the brand stays the same. And that's really what had been missing before. Every time there was an administration change, and I know it's like this in many states as well, you sort of clear the board and get ready for a new logo and a new tagline, a new brand identity and new campaigns. And tourism loses the opportunity to really gain equity when that happens. And so what we found out when the DMO started in 2018 through primary consumer research is that consumers had a very low level of understanding of who Puerto Rico is and the type of tourism product that we offer. We really were starting with a blank slate, which isn't the worst thing, um, but we had a lot of work to do and still do in terms of driving awareness uh, as to what Puerto Rico offers in, in terms of tourism. So today it is a smaller piece of the economy than what we see it becoming in the future. We, we like to say we believe Puerto Rico's uh, best days really lie ahead and not behind us. That's great. And so what is that position? You said that you've established a positioning for the island. 
Sure. Uh, we did a lot of consumer research and still do. It is a cornerstone of who the Puerto Rico DMO is. We have focused on understanding uh, not just what our general consumer market is looking for and what their perceptions are of the island, but our uh, meeting planners, our travel advisors and tour operators and, and even journalists and influencers, what they think and what they know about the island is really, really critical as we aim to get our message widespread. Um, so, you know, I think uh, when we talk about the positioning, really is rooted in consumer research and an understanding that the Caribbean is a sea of sameness. Uh, we've got a lot of islands in the Caribbean, a lot of beautiful islands. And they all have beaches and they all market beaches and mm -hmm. we've got beautiful beaches. In fact, we have some of the top rated beaches in the world, but what else can Puerto Rico offer that really differentiates us from the competition? How do we start to pull ahead of the pack if we're only marketing beaches when we know everybody has that kind of product. Uh, so we took a hard look at where we felt like we had opportunities for differentiation and without a doubt, it is Puerto Rico's culture. Puerto Rico has such a rich history and, and blend of African, Taino, Indian and Spanish heritage that creates this very unique eclectic mix, um, making up very, very um, unique gastronomy, uh, cocktail culture, you know, history, art, music, dance that can only be found in Puerto Rico. And so our positioning was rooted in culture. Beaches are always going to be a part of our messaging, as is outdoor recreation in general. You know, we have El Yunque, which is the only rainforest in the U.S. forest system. There are so many, you know, beautiful landscapes across the island from the mountains to the beaches. So that's always going to be a part of our offering. But we feel like we can really start to differentiate Puerto Rico when we talk about the culture. It's something that's really ownable. So we've planted our stake there. It's interesting because um, the culture is obviously unique and, and amazing. And at the same time, I guess in sort of the last, you know, when people started traveling again in the pandemic, I would hear people consider Puerto Rico because, at least Americans, because we didn't have some of the same international travel barriers. So that wasn't also a, a, uh, an attraction. It's true. It's true. It's a very unique selling proposition for Puerto Rico. And I, I think you're right. The pandemic brought that to light in even new, new ways. Um, you know, we have this international flair and flavor. It, it definitely feels like you're in an international destination, but we have, you know, more than 200 flights a day coming into the island, tons of direct access from major hubs all across the U.S. mainland, in addition to not requiring a passport or having to exchange currency when you land. So we've got this accessibility that makes Puerto Rico very, very unique compared to other uh, Caribbean islands. And certainly during the pandemic, uh, our government did an amazing job of safeguarding the people of Puerto Rico. Um, you know, we were the first destination to institute thermographic um, imaging in the airports when people were arriving to check temperatures. We were requiring proof of testing. We were um, when vaccines became available, asking for a vaccination if you weren't taking the test. Um, so, and, and even our mask mandates have lasted a, a, quite a bit longer than other destinations just to ensure we continue to, to prioritize health and safety on the island. So I think for those who were looking for a destination, 
that was really focused on responsible travel during that time, Puerto Rico was an obvious choice. You mentioned that that um, travel is flourishing now. Um, what's it like now? Is it like uh, pre-pandemic? You get on a flight and you do it. You know what? What has changed? Yeah. What is boosted? What's different? What can people expect? Sure, sure. Yeah, 2021 was actually one of the best years. Puerto Rico has ever seen in 2022 is set to repeat if we stay on the same track we're on. Um, we've had multiple record breaking events. Uh, total lodging for the calendar year in 2021 was 1.3 billion, which is 37% higher than the previous record in 2019. In fact, it was the first time revenues have surpassed the 1 billion mark for Puerto Rico. So a major milestone there. Um, revenue per available room, our rev par is about 124% higher than the US average right now. Um, and the 2021 occupancy rate was about 11, 11% higher for hotels than what our previous high was in 2015. So we're seeing these numbers continue to grow, whether it's air arrivals, whether it's RevPAR occupancy, uh, the strength in the in the Puerto Rico product right now is undeniable. And I think, you know, when you're talking about the experience people are going to have, it, it very much is mirroring sort of pre-pandemic. Um, you're no longer required to present tests, uh, negative tests, nor vaccination cards when you arrive into the island. Um, so that has has certainly, um, I, I think, elevated some interest from from people who were, you know, not as open to that during the pandemic. Um, we have a, a full blown a travel advisory on discoverpuertorico.com where you can, you know, check out current restrictions and, and updates to um, the the travel experience. But I think people will find today that it's very very similar to pre pandemic. And who is your target? Is this a North America based campaign that you've been focusing on? Are you looking at worldwide? Yeah, so about 95% of our visitation comes from the US mainland. So that Mm -hmm. is certainly a high priority for Discover Puerto Rico. We do have an international marketing program as well. And our key markets there are really focused in the UK, Spain, Germany, Canada, and Colombia. We've had the uh, the good fortune of working very collaboratively with the government of Puerto Rico to increase our tourism budget over the next couple of years. It is um, short-term funding, but funding through the American Rescue Plan um, program has allowed us to expand into new markets um, on the mainland. So we're looking at markets that have never been reached before by tourism marketing in Puerto Rico uh, that... Today, we don't have direct air service, but the markets show a high propensity for future direct air service. And so we're really seeding those markets with information about the destination in hopes that, you know, we're moving Puerto Rico into the consideration set of some of these places that, you know, maybe have historically chosen other Caribbean destinations. They've gone to Mexico, they're going on cruises. And today we're, you know, we're giving them um, the the information they need to, to push Puerto Rico into that top of mind awareness. So I know that your organization and you, along with Ketchum, is, have worked very diligently on this. And I wonder if you could share with us some of the either the campaigns or the tactics that made your efforts a success. Sure, absolutely. And Ketchum has been an incredible, incredible partner. Uh, they've been with us since the very beginning and have helped us really establish a program from an earned media standpoint that has been 
crucial in shifting perception <clears throat> in the U.S. mainland about Puerto Rico because when you come from the adversities that Puerto Rico has faced, it's not just about educating people about your, your beaches and great restaurants. You have to first convince them the island has recovered and they're going to have a, um, you know, a, a safe experience when they get there and the, the service is going to be reliable, et cetera. And then you sell them on the product. And, and that's where um, earned media and public relations has, has played such an important role for us. We just last week launched a brand campaign. It's the first time since 2019 we've really focused on a brand campaign. In the past couple of years, we've obviously launched very uh, specific campaigns to address either the pandemic or earthquakes and really ensure that our messaging was focused on educating consumers and, and travelers about what they would expect on the island. Today, we're able to finally shift back to more of a brand focus the new campaign is rooted in a tagline that is Live Boricua. Boricua is kind of a movement that's really born out of Puerto Rico with insights, creative, and assets that are from and driven by Puerto Ricans. It highlights how to enjoy things the Boricua way, which um, Boricua is, is a person of Puerto Rican descent. It's it's kind of a, a lifestyle, a spirit. Um, and this has been brought to life via new advertising and activations that really spotlight what we consider live Boricua moments. And those moments are being shared by Puerto Ricans and the Puerto Rican diaspora and people who just love the, the destination and consider themselves Boricua. Um, this is a for us a very, very ownable campaign. Live Boricua is a brand message that no other destination can claim, which is really critical, I think, in, in a successful um, brand initiative. The creation of Live Boricua was founded on, on research and consumer insights, like I mentioned before, is really critical to us. We, we tested several creative concepts via focus groups in um, eight markets in the U.S., and we even tested them locally because for a campaign to be so values-driven and focused on the community and the people of Puerto Rico, we need a Puerto Rico to embrace it. And so we found a, a lot of strength in the line, in the word, and in the meaning behind it, which is sort of to live like us, you know, really promising consumers a deeper and more meaningful experience for travelers. So it's been live for literally a week today. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, there will continue to be evolutions and additions. Um, but, but we see this as a long-term campaign position for the island, you know, something that could last us two, three years, or, or maybe even beyond that. So um, we'll see, we're really, really excited about the potential. And again, I think one of the most important elements of the campaign is just the, the ownership and the pride that locals have felt as we, we went out to launch. That's great. And I, I, you've got to be talking about a very resilient crowd there, <laughs> given what everybody's been through over the last Absolutely. four years. Absolutely. Over the last four years. Um, so here you are, um, things are going well, but there's bound to be another hurricane season. There is every year. Um, not that it will be necessarily be destructive, but you know, you're, what, how has your mindset and your preparations moving forward changed in terms of the tourism industry? Well, I think, uh, you know, the most important thing I mentioned earlier is just that preparedness, making sure that we have, uh, you know, a, a system and a process that's locked and loaded, despite what we, we may face in the future, um, developing in tandem with uh, Ketchum, that crisis playbook has been so 
critical for us. It's been a game changer to tell you the truth. Um, the playbook is sort of a collection of scenarios and our, you know, appropriate reactions. It's super comprehensive. In fact, it even included an air pathogen scenario, mm-hmm. um, you know, an airborne illness uh, scenario before the pandemic that was already baked into the playbook. You know, we have everything from hurricanes and, and earthquakes to bomb threats and shark bites in, in this playbook. And so when COVID hit, and obviously we know it was unprecedented, there are many, many nuances that made it different from, let's say, Zika in 2015 or 2016 uh, that had hit the island. We were prepared. We were not scrambling to figure out what do we do here. We had a game plan in in action, and we were able to mobilize very, very quickly. Team roles and responsibilities are included in that playbook. So everyone from our internal team to stakeholders to our agency partners were on alert, and and we hit the ground running. So we've trained our team to be (laughs) agile and really lean into um, creativity lean into, uh, you know, what we've learned from the past and deliver strategies that can evolve with the the changing landscape. And I think that's so key. And we saw it with the pandemic, probably more than any other crisis we've experienced is the, the, how quickly it would change, you know, from sometimes one day to the next, but certainly from week to week and month to month as, uh, you know, restrictions and regulations were lifted and then imposed um, you know, both federally and locally, we had to uh, bob and weave quite a bit. Um, so I, I think any DMO who is um, looking to, to take learnings from the, the pandemic, you know, it can plug in some of those in, into a playbook, figure out how to um, spread that across different scenarios, you know, what worked and what didn't work. Now is the time to do that. It's not when you're in the midst of it. Um, and, and I think that has helped us really not only build momentum throughout the pandemic, but sustain that momentum coming out of it. That sounds great. Well, it sounds like you've had an amazing four years there. And um, you mentioned that before we got, we hit the record button, you said you had moved to Puerto Rico um, for the job and, and Island Life is treating you well. Oh, Island Life is amazing. It is a, uh, it's paradise. It it really, really is. And obviously it's not without its challenges, but every destination has challenges. Literally, you know, every, (laughs) everywhere you could consider moving is going to have ups and downs. Uh, Puerto Rico is, is no stranger to that, but the, um, the flip side is, is living in a place where you're surrounded by an incredible culture. You're surrounded by incredible people. You're literally living on a, a Caribbean Island that, you know, has beautiful <laughs> weather, beautiful scenery and the beaches and the mountains, such a diversity in the landscapes around the Island. Um, it's hard to imagine living anywhere else after, after spending four years in Puerto Rico. Well, that's great. Um, your phone may be ringing off the hook for people looking for the relocation. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, well, I appreciate it and all the work you've done. It sounds amazing. And I wish you continued success and Puerto Rico continued success. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.